This flash briefing was made possible by a sponsorship from Avexis, a clinical stage gene therapy company. The following content was not developed by Avexis. Welcome, and thank you for listening to the SMA Flash Briefing. When she was born in London on September 9, 2018, Tori Patgiri showed no signs of SMA type 2, but she would be officially diagnosed eight months later in Ohio. The baby ate well, waved her arms easily, and held objects at will. She could even hold her head up when lying on her belly. Her father said that everything was normal for the first three months. They were not trained to look for small differences, so they didn't see any signs. However, they soon began a journey with SMA that brought them to Nationwide Children's Hospital in Columbus, Ohio. Tora was now 10 months old and would be treated with Solgensma. This gene therapy was approved in May by the USFTA. Her parents faced the shock of learning that they had passed a genetic disease to their child that they had never heard of. They said it came completely out of the blue since neither of their families had any history of neuromuscular disease. Tora's parents were both frightened and confused at the changes in their daughter. Back in January, they were trying to find answers. They searched for things online, like baby doesn't move her legs, and it led them to find some online suggestions. That afternoon, the couple took Tora to a local hospital emergency room, but a pediatrician declared that all was fine and advised them to wait and see how it develops. The pediatrician's report caught the eye of someone in the hospital's neurology department. They received a letter 10 days later that recommended they visit again. A series of neurologic and physical exams were followed by a blood draw for a genetic test. Eventually, the news was given that she had borderline type 1 SMA and that it might progress into type 2. With no SMA treatment available in England, the family had to look to alternatives, and this included a move to the US. Fortunately, Tora did not have full-blown type 1 SMA, which is the most severe form. Her disease, although progressive, was moving slowly in comparison. Her father said that she never had any need for ventilator support. She can sit, but absolutely cannot bear any weight on her legs. But otherwise, she is healthy for someone with SMA. Eventually, her father was able to transfer his work to the US, so they were able to get a visa. And by April, they had moved to the US. They ended up at Nationwide Children's Hospital because of Jerry Mandel, and he's a pediatric neurologist. He has unmatched expertise in neuromuscular disease and gene therapy. Dr. Mandel began the early work on what would become Zolgensma. At Nationwide, Tora officially received an SMA type 2 diagnosis and that she would be able to enroll in the strong phase 1 clinical trial. They said that she would be a good trial candidate and that they had two open slots. Her father said everything looked good and they were expecting her to get her dose by the end of May, but unfortunately, it just kept dragging on. But on May 24th, the FDA announced Solgensma for all SMA patients up to age 2. But this was only if they could get coverage for the price tag of $2.125 million. So, Tora's family could either wait for the trial or submit an application via insurance to get the treatment. So around June, they decided to submit to insurance. Through his company, 
Torah's father had coverage with a major health policy carrier called United Healthcare. He does credit them with having been among the first, if not the first, to issue a policy for Zolgensma. But due to Torah's age, she was initially denied. In the denial letter, it simply said that Torah wasn't considered a medical emergency, which her parents found offensive. So, their neurologist intervened for an appeal. An internal appeal with specific documents of her motor skill measures was sent. On July 9th, her neurologist and others at Nationwide Hospital submitted the appeal and its documents as an urgent review. But the insurance company was taking their time as they still considered her case to be non-urgent. But eventually, they got news on July 18th that she was approved and her dosing day was set for Thursday, July 25th. Treatment day itself was both eventful and routine. The family arrived at the infusion center at 7 a.m., but they were told that Zolgensma was not yet on site and that a delay was possible. But once that cleared, finding a vein to place the IV was the sole frustration. They had to poke in about five or six times until finally they brought in an ultrasound to see where exactly to go in. Her parents helped to keep Torah awake to help the drug infuse throughout her system. Then, 57 minutes later, all was done. She did have a fever that began climbing Sunday night, but it did finally drop after reaching 101. Now that she's received the treatment, her parents are happy and excited. They have been looking for improvements, but it still might be too early to tell. Thankfully, their life has become looking for improvements instead of deterioration. In conclusion, although this gene therapy was astronomically priced, Tora's father understands that many potential therapies fail in clinical trials. Their development costs are simply assumed by pharmaceutical companies and other investors. Therefore, it seems that the price, although high, accounts for that. Overall, it's been a moment of gratitude for this family. They've realized that this sort of treatment would have never been possible in their home country of India. At the end of the day, they feel very fortunate to have been able to access it. Coming up next, perspectives from SMA News Today Forums Director, Kevin Schaefer. Are you interested in learning more about the latest treatment for spinal muscular atrophy? Visit TreatSMA.com to see how this treatment works, hear about family stories, and learn about the steps to starting treatment. Visit TreatSMA.com. Hey everyone, happy Friday. The following is Alyssa Silva's latest column, titled, On Fulfilling My Role as Maid of Honor. Houston, we're not in kindergarten anymore, I said as we looked at our reflections in the mirror. My hair was carefully pinned back just right, my makeup was meticulously applied, and a burgundy gown gently draped over the footplates of my wheelchair. To my right was my best friend Amanda, wearing the most beautiful wedding dress I've ever seen. I've celebrated life with Amanda since the day she picked up my pencil in kindergarten. In good times and bad, she has been my person. She's the one who sees past my differences, she accepts me for who I am, and she has been by my side for all of life's trials and triumphs. Her friendship is something so few of us are fortunate to experience. By some magical way of fate, I've been fortunate enough to experience it for the past 24 years. That day in front of the mirror, I proudly took on my duties as her maid of honor. I knew the role would pose challenges, 
Amanda was my main focus, but I knew it would be taxing on my body. As excited and touched as I was to be on my, by my girl's side, there was some trepidation about whether my body would allow me to fulfill my duties. Disabled or not, I'm sure everyone can agree that weddings are exhausting, in a good way. But throw in a disease where exhaustion is the norm and fear kicks in? My fears sounded something like this. Am I actually cut out for this? Can my body rally for just one day and worry about the repercussions later? Will I be able to be there for Amanda like she has been for me all these years? In the weeks leading up to the wedding, Amanda reminded me that my health came first. If skipping out on hair and makeup meant more time to rest, she encouraged me. If excusing myself from the reception to rest meant gaining more stamina, she supported me. And while I was adamant about not missing a moment of her wedding, she was adamant about something else. She wanted me healthy enough to celebrate the day with her. As much as I try to fight this reality, SMA calls a lot of the shots in my life. Fortunately, I have a best friend who recognized this and reminds me of the importance of taking care of myself first. I took her advice, and I was well enough to be my, by my girl's side on one of the happiest days of her life. This is an honor I will cherish for a lifetime. To check out more of Alyssa's columns, read smanewstoday.com. Alyssa's column goes up every Friday. I'm Kevin Schaefer, Forums Director for SMA News Today. The information in our flash briefings and podcasts are provided for informational and educational purposes only. Be sure to tune in daily to SMA News Today for the latest news and perspectives regarding the disease. All of our podcast and flash briefings can be found on our website at www.smanewstoday.com. You can also find our podcast and flash briefings on SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes. And be sure to follow us on our Instagram and Facebook page as well. I'm Michael Morale, Senior Director of Multi-Channel Content for SMA News Today.